0: anchor.fm to get started it might hurt but you know me gotta be fearless or at least try with love nola darlin she's gotta have it we are on the last episode so make sure you guys stay tuned You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, my loves, and hello to all the She's Gotta Have It fans. I am your girl, Nakia Monet, and I am holding it down with my beautiful girls and my beautiful co-hosts. Hello, ladies.
1: Hey, I'm Nina. What's up? Hey guys, it's your girl Drew Jones.
0: That is right, and here we are recapping the last episode of She's Got to Have It season two. I cannot believe we are on episode nine hashtag I Am Your Mirror. But here we are. We're going to talk about it because there are a lot of things to talk about. A different type of ending. There are some people who are feeling it, not feeling it. So we're going to tell you how we feel about it. Before we get started, we do have some news and gossip a little later, and we have a new segment <laughs> um, that I'm going to try with the ladies. I didn't tell them what it is, oh. so I'm going to surprise them at the end, and then. If you guys watched before we try to guess what everyone's horoscope was. This time we're gonna definitely take on Miss Nola Darling and we're gonna reveal what we think her astrology sign is. Guys, what are your overall thoughts on the last episode of season two? Were you feeling it? Did you think it should ended the way it did?
2: I did like the last episode. It just didn't feel like a finale to me. Like this whole thing kind of just whizzed by really quickly, mm-hmm. and I feel like nothing happened, but at the same time a lot of important issues were highlighted. But I just didn't feel a ton of character development. And I thought that following season one, we would see some, like, crazy epiphany that Nola would have. And she kind of just feels like the same Nola from season one. And I I don't feel like I've seen a ton of growth from her. Um, But I feel like in some ways, she's become more subdued than before. And before, I feel like she would do stuff just to do it, like shock value stuff. But now at the end of season one, we kind of see that, um, well, people have at least interpreted what she did as shock value... I didn't interpret it the same way her haters did, but, um, yeah, I I did like how it ended. I thought it was really interesting, and uh, I I like that we also saw, like, a very... The real side of Shemekka, too, which she's always been real from the beginning, Mm -hmm. but I can appreciate friends that will tell you the truth to your face and not just, you know, the
1: sugarcoating you want to hear.
0: I agree. What about you, Drew?
1: I actually really enjoyed the season finale, and I was kind of shocked at the internet's reaction to this season of She's Gotta Have It, um... But I just feel like Spike Lee did an amazing job of making this feel like real life, and in real life, there isn't a season finale, you know? Like, it's there's not, like, a dramatic chapter-closing <coughs> type thing, and so the way it ended for me was very, like, cool. It kind of let my mind wander and like, in hopes of, like, a season three, and even if there isn't a season three, I felt like there were so many avenues that, like, my mind could go with where... Nola's story could lead to.
0: Yes, agree with both of you ladies. I really enjoyed this season. Um, I was also confused about the backlash that it got uh, and a lot of people didn't like this season, which is cool if you don't like the season. It's mm. uh, it's your thing. But I know a lot of people were confused. And I'm not confused of why they didn't like it because I feel like if you don't like something, you don't yeah. have to like anything you don't want to. And I never want to police anybody's like, you must like what I like. Yeah. But I was confused of why people were confused and I felt like, I'm like, alright, I feel like no one's either seen the movie or they don't know Spike Lee's style. Fact. Because with Spike Likely does. He's a type of creative. Like I know there's certain artists and directors, like a Quentin Tarantino, where some artists may have invite you in if you've never seen their work and you may understand it. But I think Spike is like, if you ain't seen in 1992, you don't get it. I don't know what to tell you, but it's I bad. did enjoy the season and I did enjoy the season finale. Um, I feel like uh, she came a little bit full circle, but we'll talk more about that. But let's get into it. Uh, we got Nola's solo show, the art show. My name isn't. Um, You know, This whole season, it's been a struggle for her because she couldn't focus on trying to get her solo show together. She didn't know what to pretty much put (laughs) out into the world, but we see she has self-portraits of herself. Her Puerto Rico trip is up with the uh, the photographs. She has political um, portraits like the I Can't Breathe, uh, Papo's Cart, Puerto Rican Flags. A lot of beautiful things, and also which was dope was the people that I feel like inspired her were at this art show. So you have your parents, to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price, price Priceline artist her new boo Uh, how did did you guys feel about it, how did it make you feel because I felt really good of the opening because I loved her speech where she's speaking to everyone and she's standing on the ladder and and I love what Spike does with the camera where it's like the people are looking at her but they're looking into the camera so how did you guys feel um, about her art show
1: I think one of the bravest things you can do is to kind of, like, show your your soul to the world. And I've always admired artists who um, can do that with, like, galleries and whatnot because it's it's very intimate. And, and you know, you're letting people into your innermost, like, precious thoughts, basically. And I really – I feel like we've, the show alone was a huge development for NOLA because it showed how – assured she was in her art because that hasn't always been a thing for her so just kind of like even though people may have had a little like things here and there about different pieces or whatnot she was very firm and like well this is my art and i like it so yeah what about you Mina?
2: yeah i i did like it but then i i felt like part of it was kind of like unrealistic slash cheesy where it's like oh all the exes are coming like But we've never settled any of this stuff. Like, why would Jamie Overstreet be there after everything that's going on with his wife and him trying to work it out? Like, that doesn't make sense unless he took a step back. Why would Opal be there with her daughter unless there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that we haven't seen? Mm -hmm. And then Olu's there, and then Greer's there, and then Mars is there. and, And then you almost feel like that scene where it's the three of them, it's like, oh, this is kind of like an ode to like how season one ended where it's like the three of them at Thanksgiving dinner and I'm so glad they didn't turn it into a, like oh I love her kind of thing because it was almost going there yeah. and I was like oh god no like please don't go in that direction that's going to kind of like ruin everything it's just going to be like a, a weird like fight for a girl like yeah. I I didn't I'm, I'm glad they like strayed away from that but um, other than that I thought the art was so beautiful and it just showed like wow like she's really accomplished a lot for her career in a year and and even when she says the thing to to the girl um, the, the new girl Yennefer, um, she's like no I, I'm not getting paid to do this I pay for this to be here and you see this perplexed look on her face and it's like that's such a relatable feeling when people are like why would you pay to work and it's like you, as a creative, you have to pay to work until you get paid to work. And
0: or paid to do what you really love to yeah. do. And people's minds are blown that we actually put in the work for free. <laughs> because that's <laughs> what we love to do and we know what's gonna you know, be the, the end result, kind of like Nola. Um, but yeah, let's touch upon it because that was gonna be my next point. All of her lovers was there. We got Mars, we got Greer, we got Jamie, we got Opal. Uh, Mars is kicking it with Yennefer. Greer's with the beautiful rear. Uh. Um, I'm obsessed with her. Opal's with baby girl Skylar. Um, and Jamie is Jamie. And she kind of has these moments with each of them, which I enjoyed. And I love the moment that she had with Opal because I felt like this was the first time that they both were admitting what, I guess, they, like, why they weren't a perfect couple, Uh and I like how sarcastic they were, like, what was, like, yeah, you know, you know, me patient, not controlling, and and I love how Noah was, like, you know me, not, like, being controlled, so I like that they had that conversation, and I feel like that might be closure for them, because I feel like they make great friends, but I don't think that they make a great couple, um, same thing when we talked about with Mars, they make amazing friends, and I like that they had this touching moment, but Yennefer, from the D train, pulled up, like, no, and I I love, like, I think her and Greer are, like, the close out of all of them, and I like the understanding. And I don't care, even if there's not a season three, and if we have to imagine there is a threesome happening, we're gonna <laughs> and then Jamie was just like what I feel like in real life, what her relationship is with Jamie, it's kind of left unsaid, I guess you could say. What you guys think about the exes?
1: I felt like I felt like her exes being there, I kind of disagree. I felt like her exes being there was realistic to me, at least, just like as someone who has multiple exes. Um, I'm cool with most of them and like you know we can support one another without it being like weird and I really like seeing all the different styles of relationships because I really do think all of them it showed how unique each relationship was um, and how none of them were the same even the fact that because I kind of compared Opal and Jamie to each other earlier in the season but just seeing how Opal was able to kind of own up to some stuff in her conversation with nola i thought showed a lot of growth because jamie's was more like egotistical and like yeah i put it down and like what you know just showed that he hasn't matured at all um but yeah i i thought it was really cool to see the levels of where she is with each friendship and how or each ex and how they each bring something different to the table for her
0: yeah it was really 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 cool to see um one of the main things at this art show was her piece behind the maroon curtain. So throughout the whole you know, we only get 30 minutes of the show, but through the episode, you have a line of people that she specifically picks to go behind this curtain to witness her art. And you get to see the different reactions of people when they walk out of the curtains. And I thought it was interesting because the men's looks the men enjoyed it. Because at first I was like, wait, I wonder what it is. I'm really interested. Um, yeah, but a lot like, of yeah. a lot of people were really confused and they didn't understand what was going on. And her therapist explained it, uh, how it was beautiful and ugly at this same time and someone else said it was brutally honest um but at the end we got to find out what it was it was a photo of nola Darling being lynched by her braids mm. naked but painted in the american flag what did you guys take from it how did you guys feel did you think the weird backlash from not the weird but did you think the backlash from her peers was understandable like what was your thoughts because i i know when i was seen the photo i was like oh okay that's art because I know sometimes art one is subjective and it can be very shocking mm-hmm. um, even if it pisses you off kind of like I it did Shemekha and Shameka had every right to feel that way but I was like oh that's art I-, I thought it was beautiful and I understood where she was coming from like my pain too I should be able to put my pain out there yeah. I'm sorry yeah. that it makes you uncomfortable but this is how I feel <laughs> and being a black woman in America soon as I seen that photo I was like uh, yo <laughs> <laughs> All the feel. So what about you ladies? How did it make you feel? Or did it make you feel anything? Or were you like, okay, it's not that serious? Or is it serious?
2: Yeah. Like, well, sometimes I feel like I don't know, like, if I'm in the situation to speak out on these things. Because it doesn't affect me the same way it would affect, you know, uh, you ladies. And I don't want to, like, overstep at all. But my interpretation... Um, I wasn't offended by it. Like, I saw it as, like, wow, this is really beautiful and it's so meaningful because it's basically showing how, like, her, her braids are, like, wrapped around her in a way that's kind of, like, choking her kind of in the way that it's like, yeah, like being a black woman in America, you're basically like, it's like almost like a death sentence in the sense that like, how often are you going to face discrimination? How often are you going to face, you know, police brutality because of like the hair on your head being different from the hair on a white person's head because of the color of your skin? And it's like, yeah, like your body is painted in like the American flag, but it's kind of saying... Like, this is America. Like, my body is just something to be looked at. It's a commodity. It's not, you know, it, it's not actually a body. And it's like black bodies matter. But just having the American flag taking over, it's, it's almost like suggesting, no, your body belongs to the government. Right. Like, your body belongs to people in positions of power in the United States of America. And that's why there's a noose around your neck by your own hair. Because you know, you can't help being black. You were born into this, and this is what it looks like. And I I didn't see it as something that was necessarily overly sexualized. It just looked like this is her body. It's controlled by the government. And her braids are showing that, you know, she's basically, you know, dying because of her her blackness. Like, this is the... Like what she's facing, and I thought it was so beautiful. I thought it was extremely thought-provoking, and I didn't understand the backlash because art is art, and yeah, there are some things that are like, whoa, shocking, but it's art by, a, by someone who's expressing their personal struggle as a black yeah. woman, you know? She's mm-hmm. not saying this is what everyone goes through, but this is how I feel about my struggle right. within the community, so I kind of felt like when people were coming in, it's like, why are you going in and policing what she can
1: and cannot say
0: so, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. I I like it. What about you, Jill? For
1: me, it was very interesting to see how... Um, for me, most of the opinions weren't, in my opinion, like, didn't matter to me. Because I was like, you're not a black woman. This isn't for you. Yeah. Kind of like when Beyonce put out Lemonade and people had all these opinions. And it was like, she made this for black women. So, I don't care if uh, Chad at Rolling Stone doesn't like this piece because it wasn't made for you. But... Um, I thought the piece itself was really powerful. I understood, like, where Shemekka was coming from because it is painful, and there is a lot, like, looking at it for me was very, like, I felt a mix of emotions because it's like, this is a beautiful piece, but it it is a painful reminder of, like, the black women are essentially the backbone of this country, and the most, James Baldwin said, uh, or not James Baldwin, Malcolm, Malcolm X. X said, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman, and to see her being hung by her braids and you know to have this like naked body and everything when black women's bodies are constantly policed and constantly sexualized and constantly nitpicked and everyone copies what we naturally look like but we get you know dragged for just being just being I thought was really powerful and I thought it was interesting to see how many men sexualized that photo just because I think of how easily sexual like black women are sexualized like how many times you know little black girls are being told they're being fast for wearing you know shorts when any other like when a white girl or whoever can wear the same shorts and do the same things and you know are still seen as a little girl but like with black women we're considered grown women you know way early and so I just thought it was very powerful and I was confused on um, the her white friend was very upset by it and I thought that was really interesting because a lot of times with white allies um, they they want like in their minds I think they want to help and in their minds they want to push the narrative but I think they also don't want to unpack it they don't want to own up to the fact that they're also part of the problem whether, they consciously are part of the problem or not, like them existing and their privilege is still playing into the problem. And so watching her be upset about it was very interesting because I was like, why are you, how are you gonna say you're an ally, a woke ally, but you're still policing a black woman expressing her pain? That doesn't make any sense.
0: I think what you both said is literally <laughs> what I was thinking and what <laughs> I was feeling. Retweet, retweet, retweet. Um, you guys both beautifully said it. Um, yeah, I, I. It was beautiful, and it was very painful because it is a reminder that I think a lot of people need that reminder because, you know, when Barack Obama was our president. Everyone was like, oh, racism is over. Mm. It's, oh, my <laughs> God, there's no such thing. And I think sometimes <laughs> you need a reminder like, no, fam, like, it's black people being shot just for breathing. Because in reality, I, hate crimes went up <laughs>
1: during his presidency. Okay,
0: <laughs> um, there's there's a whole hashtag, breathing while black, barbecuing while black, so I think we need those reminders, and it kind of pissed me off back in the day, too, when people like, oh, we don't need any more slave movies. No, apparently we do, because we need to remind people only a hundred and something years ago, only 40 years ago, that black people got the right to vote. You know, like, and I feel like sometimes we get in this place where we're like, no, we're comfortable. And it's like, no, we're not. We live in such a horrible place. So I understand why it was uh, thought-provoking, and and it was painful, because it is something painful to see. And remember, our ancestors were being hung up to, like, recently, and we're still being killed. So I, I, I enjoyed... The criticism as well, because that's a and like you said, Drew. I feel like with this season finale with the show. Spike made it really realistic because I feel like those were really real reactions. Like, fam, you cannot put this up, and then they have the men sexualize it. And I'm like, I don't even think they got yeah. the damn picture. Yeah. But I think what you guys said they're was all
2: smiling view- when they come out of the. Curb. And that's what and I had my like, mind going. Why? I was like, okay,
0: she's probably naked in the photo. Mm-hmm. So then, because I was like trying to take in clues, I'm like, why are they all smiling? <laughs> men, okay. <laughs> she
1: at the end of episode eight. She the last scene is her taking that photo, and she puts her arm up. And I was like, what is she doing exactly? But now seeing that, I see that that was like an outline exactly. for her news and everything.
0: Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but I do enjoy, you know, because everyone's entitled to their opinion, so I enjoyed it. But you guys said it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you guys had to say. Something else I loved uh, is Nola's new boo uh, showed up. Well, boo friend, man friend. What do you... I guess this is kind of like a prediction, but I was saying, like, because, you know, he comes in and she's like, I thought you were in London, and he's like, decided to stop by, so if there is a season three and if there is not a season three do you see this going any place uh, with these two because uh, I thought it was really cool that he showed up to support her art and they had a really sexy conversation going on they're really close and touchy feely um, they seem
2: very similar to me in the sense that he's like a free spirit traveling and remember a couple episodes ago he's like I don't believe in relationships and I'm going to be yes, single. British accent. And I'm just like, and she's saying it right after they had sex and like oh. had like this very intimate right night earlier in the episode. And it just, it's almost like a slap in the face. It's like, oh, like I'm not going to be in America and I'm doing my own thing. And I think in, in a way that makes him like more desirable to her because they're both like that. They're both like these free spirits. And um, he just like reminds me of the male version of her. Like he's seems to be very, like, aware of things socially, um, even though she says he's not as culturally aware (laughs) as she is when it comes to history, um, but yeah, like, I, I can see it being more of, like, not a long-term thing, but them having amazing chemistry, because they kind of are, like, air signs in a way that gravitate towards each other, like, very free-flowing and, like... You know, no, no crazy attachments, but
0: having a good time. A, a lot of like
2: deep conversations that are intellectual and yeah. centered around creativity and art. What about you, Drew?
1: Yeah, I don't really see it being anything, but I don't think either one of them wants. Like, I didn't think she took it as offense when he was like, <laughs> "I don't do the relationship thing." I because I think season one a lot of her identity was in the people that she laid down with, and that's why she had, like, her loving bed and whatnot. And then when she disassembled it in this season, I felt like he was just, like, an accessory, not an identity for her. And I think he, he challenges her, and, like, I think they have a good um, relationship, but I don't think it's it's the same as it was with, like, Mars or Greer or Jamie, where, he, um, where he's, like where she, like, identifies with them. It's just kind of like, we see each other, we know what this is, and it's cool. Yeah.
0: Hey. Uh, (laughs) Looking for that. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Um, So at the end of it, uh nola receives the chocolates from miss prita and prita is the woman who is kind of like the advanced version of chloe who i believe she's a manager, like an agent yeah an art person to kind of get her (laughs) stuff out and it looks like there's a, a famous musician who wants to buy her piece so my question for you ladies since we're at the end this is season two episode nine do you think nola has evolved and why or why not or do you think she's found herself i guess you can say
1: I think she's definitely... I I think it's hard to say she found herself because I think we're consistently on a journey to find ourselves, but I think she's found new parts of herself, and I definitely do think she's evolved her... Even, like, just from looking at her art alone, I forget who said it to her, but I think it was um, her art friend, the one that she went on the trip with. Dutch. Dutch, yes. And she was just like, your pieces." back then said things but they like weren't personalized now it's like this is you saying it and i and i feel like nola's a lot more confident in her opinion and how she sees the world and um (coughs) it's a lot less like outside influences so yeah i definitely think she's evolved okay what about you
0: mina
2: i don't really think she's grown like a considerable amount considering this is 18 months later I would have assumed that there would be massive amounts of growth because wherever there's trauma, there's crazy amounts of growth. And she went through, like, really bad heartbreak. And you would think that that's enough to, like, shape you. But I think, in a way, it kind of... I think it was, like, good for her in the sense that it kind of made her not jaded, but kind of be like, okay, like, I have my art. I'm not going to have to, like, be super focused with this. And, like, she had her time to grieve, moved on was more mature in her reconciliation with Opal, Um, even though there were the slight jabs, like, I don't like being controlled, but there was a part of it that was flirtatious and not necessarily purely immature, just, like, kind of flirtatious and cheeky. Um, But I don't think she's, like, really evolved that much. And I think that's why her character in this season really annoyed me. <laughs> like, you know, in the in the first season like, I gave her a pass. I was like, no, like, you know, we all go through this. It's kind of like, remember like, we used to watch Girls and review mm-hmm. it and the the characters on Girls were like, so unredeemable to the point where you're like, ugh, like, I can't, like, relate to your, like, whiteness and like, how you're so privileged Living and complaining. Living in Greenpoint in Brooklyn <laughs> I'm like, this is not real. Complaining about everything <laughs> and like, there's no people of color. But I love, I loved, love, loved Girls. But um, but this is a different, like, lack of empathy where it's just like, yeah, the first season, I got it. Like, you're struggling this. But then there was something about her that became annoying in yeah. season two where I felt like she was, like, always trying to put a smile on her face and be like, hello, and, like, be super proper. And, like, she didn't feel as real and authentic to me as she did in season one. And I right. think... There was something about her arc that just kind of annoyed me. Like, yeah. and yeah. I, I can't I can't pinpoint it cuz it's like she's still cool. She's just like I I started to not like really relate to her or identify yeah. with her in the way that I did before and she kind of felt like like, free, but in a weird way where she just, like, didn't care about things the same way.
0: I think Nola has some more growing to do. I think she's at the beginning stage of trying to find herself and know herself. Um, (laughs) And I think she's learning about her confidence and stepping into it. And I think that's why, for me as well... um, You know, her character, I love Nola Darling. I've always been a fan of Nola Darling, but I think this season, this is where she's getting to know herself a little bit, so I I do hope that there is a season three, so we get to see more of her arc. Um, Let's do three of our favorite moments. Before we do, shout out to everybody that's in the live chat. Um, (laughs) Hi to you guys, and shout out to everyone who's been watching our review and leaving comments and showing us love. In the comments, let me know if you guys think that there should be a season three, um, and let me know what you thought about season two and the season and finale. Uh, Let's get into, like, our. we always do the three things that we like, so since there's three of us, we can go around and say our favorite three things. I can start so that way you ladies can think um, about what you want to say. So my favorite thing from this episode is... um, Onyx, I forgot his real name, but him standing in front of the Christopher Columbus statue and talking about all the credit that he deserves because he's the one who put the fire under Nola's ass, and that's where her art show was. <laughs> so successful. And I thought it was so appropriate to have him standing in front of the Christopher Columbus uh, statue, the man who came in and did the same shit pretty much. So that was yeah. my favorite moment of this episode. What about you guys?
2: Um, I I need to think about it. My favorite moment of the episode... That's a really good one. Uh that wasn't my favorite moment though. I feel like there there's gotta be something else. I think honestly, like just seeing like what the painting was and also the conversation with Shemeca, because it showed like she like I liked when she was like, I'll support you publicly, but behind closed doors know that this is how I really feel. And yeah. I feel like there's something to be said about that. Like Relationship of, like, yeah, I'll support you publicly because, like, that's what friends do. Like, I have your back. I don't want people to think there's beef between us, and I'm not going to, like, bash you in front of people and make you look bad, like, for your image, but I'm telling you the truth and how I really feel, and this is something that you should, like, heavily consider. Like, I'm not telling you to change it, but realize this is the impact your art has had on so many people, and this is why people are upset. Because I feel like, yeah, like... Um, Shemekka usually isn't, like, this person who's, like, a buzzkill who just nitpicks every little thing someone does. So if she's gonna say something, there's validity to it. Right. She's not, like, overly sensitive or, like, she gets offended at everything. Like, she's a very, like, she seems to be very real. So I liked when she's, like, oh, you just think, like, I'm ghetto um, and you don't, like, respect my opinion in the same way. And it's, like, it kind of showed, like... You know, that there was, like, this weird power imbalance where Nola, like, or at least in Shemekka's eyes, that Nola has this, like, oh, like, holier-than-thou, like, I'm an artiste, and I'm this, and I'm that, and, like, what do you know? And, like, I, I kind of felt that a little bit, but mm-hmm. it was nice that they could at least have a conversation, and there was, like, definitely a degree of trust and authenticity there because of that.
0: yeah. Drew what was your favorite moment
1: if you have one I think my favorite moment um, would be the scene with the three exes kind of paralleling last season just because um, I really like the dynamic of those three Um, those three actors are really great at kind of you know, mingling and making it seem like there's this obvious competition, even though like they all have clearly moved on in their own right. Um and I just like seeing where the characters have developed since last season because I think there's been a lot of growth with all of them, minus Jamie. Um, <laughs> but it was quite cool
0: yes, yeah. I I like that part too. Like I loved them standing in front of like that broken mirror and then they're all standing doing their thing and kind of throwing jabs at each other. Meanwhile, two of their girlfriends walk over, so I thought that Dead was moon. pretty cool. Is there people in the chats?
2: Yeah, I'm looking at Jamar Hilbert right now and he said, uh, with regards to the painting, he said, at first I feel like that painting was a little extreme. Her friend Shemeca asked her what she really has been through and I agree with her. Then um, I let it sink in a minute, though damn, the original had the C, I don't know what that means. The original hmm. had the
0: C. I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, but, um, shout out to you, Jamar. Like-
2: oh, had the controversial oh. ending. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Ah, gotcha. um, and then he also said, uh, maybe gossip made her a target. Um, I feel like catcalling alone wouldn't have been enough. So I, I kind of agree. Like, there, there was a part of me where Shemek is like, what have you been through? Right. But then we also talked about in the after shows, like, not comparing pain yeah. Um and like maybe like someone's pain threshold could be like way lower than someone else's who has yeah. been through more. Yeah. But um, I I did kind of feel that because to a certain degree, like Nola has more privilege than than Shemeca, and Shemeka has gone through all these things, and like. Um, I I got where Shemeca was coming from but art is art like you express your personal pain through the ways you find therapeutic
1: I don't agree that shemeca has been through more than Nola I think especially as black women we're trained to not voice our pain and voice (laughs) our struggles because like the idea of a black woman is that we're strong and independent and I think we've seen Nola just because like we've seen Nola for only like what two years of her life technically um and so we don't know about her past. And I also think, like, like I said, you know, like, we're trained not to speak out on it or whatever. And just because Nola is um, – and Shemeca's eyes thriving doesn't mean that there aren't freedoms that Shemeca can experience that Nola can't. And, and the idea of, like, pitting their pains against each other, like, is – like, kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's like that's where the separation within the black community comes yeah. is when we start trying to like compete with who's been through
0: more. But I, you know what? I do think, shout out to you, Jamar, uh, shout out to your comment. I also do think like those conversations are needed between those two Absolutely. people because I think it's something we're <laughs> on one and you don't understand or possibly understand where one other person can come from and you mm-hmm. don't understand like fam we shouldn't even be comparing our hurt with each other but let's have these conversations and tell me why you're uncomfortable then I'll tell you I feel why you're uncomfortable but this is what I love to do and as my people you, support, you don't have to support it but this is where I'm coming from so yeah. I did appreciate that conversation no, and same. the raw emotion and seeing Shemekha I love Shemekha like same. she's just perfect so I, I did enjoy that comment Um I, I've honestly like
2: started loving her more this season yeah like just like seeing like I feel I feel like with her we've seen so much growth like yeah. Just yeah. everything, like how she's handled everything. And yeah, yeah, she's she's been like through a, a lot. A strength and a softness to her character. Right. You, know,
0: you know, they all they've all been through a lot, and I think everybody's journey's a little bit different. Everyone's a lot can mean something completely different. But shout out to you guys in the uh, chat. Um, sorry, there's gonna be Leslie that We're gonna be talking to you guys, yeah. but I do want to keep the conversation <laughs> going. So make sure you guys leave comments below and let us know how you felt about season two, which season you liked better. If you guys are on YouTube, make sure you guys give us five star. No, five, sorry, a thumbs up and comment and like. If you guys are listening to us on Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud. Make sure you guys give us five stars and show us the love or the hey and let us know what you didn't like about the show. Alrighty then. Um, really great show. Really great season. I enjoyed it. So let's get into some of our special segments because we have a few. So first, Drew, do you want to kick us off with some news and gas? let Let's do it. Yes. After Buzz, TV News.
1: Okay, so we've obviously been going through the show quite a bit uh, pretty quickly, so you know. The news isn't turning too much. But there was a lot of backlash um, just on the season as a whole. Twitter is kind of going off about Spike Lee's point of view on the black experience. Um, The Atlantic um, wrote an article called The Messy Politics of Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It. And it basically goes into how... um, they they basically are policing his his voice and how he sees the world and I and I thought that the out I think for me the the breakout or the backlash of the season two and like everyone kind of being like Spike Lee does X Y and Z is very interesting because it's like this is what he sees you can't tell someone that their point of view exactly. or their experience is wrong it may not be your experience it may not be something that's comfortable to you but the idea that you're policing somebody's art but then at the same time fighting for the freedom to express your art is like weird and so the backlash has been and and, uh, there's been a couple articles where people are defending Spike Lee and kind of saying along the lines of the same thing but it's been a big conversation on Twitter yeah. about
0: Spike. Spike got his Oscar he said y'all gonna have these conversations and I do find it very interesting I read that article and then I read like one from Refinery29 who wrote about him as well and I'm like y'all like you just said you can't be policing people art this is his experience psychic has been this way for over 30 years. If you don't like it, then you create something. You tell us how you feel and where you stand. But I think this is needed because there are people who can relate to a Nola Darlin, who can relate to an Opal, a Klo or Shemekha. That's why I, I, I think like artists like him are needed. Uh, so shout out to you and thank you, Drew, for news and guests. <laughs> yes, okay, let's get into a new segment that I created. Yeah. But I didn't really create it. I just was like, this will be cool. Since so the show's called She's Gotta Have It, and there's three she's. Those are our pronouns, correct? She, yes. her, they, me too. Hi. Uh-huh. Um, there's three she's here, and I feel like we should say three things that she's gotta have in life. It's corny, but why? No, I like not? that. Oh. <laughs> I can start three things that Nakia has got to have. Hmm, food, family, and good sex. Whew. Now, am I getting all three of those things? Probably not. But I have my family, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Those are the three things that she's got to have. Ladies? I would
2: say for me, um, purpose, resilience, and patience. Nice. Uh, I think resilience is really important because us cancers can be very sensitive. I know. We can be very sensitive, and I think it's important to not let... You know, it, it's kind of like when celebrities are like, I don't read good things about me, I don't read bad things about me, because your confidence should come from yourself, not from what other people say about you, not from what other people think about you. That shouldn't be the litmus test of your of your worth. Um, and I, I also think this is just su- such a tough industry because you're constantly, like, looking for validation. Like, oh, did I do well on that carpet? Oh, did I do good in that interview? Like, did I do well here and here and here? So I think... Um, like all of that's important like resilience in terms of like when you get knocked down like are you are you just sulking for like months and months or are you saying you know what this happened I'm gonna move past it I'm not gonna use it as an excuse for like being this way or not getting what I want um patience because oh yeah like I'm extremely patient with kids and the elderly which are two groups that are very hard to be patient with but like everyone else I'm just like (laughs) I don't have the time I don't have the patience you guys are killing me (laughs) But, um, so
0: very good. Yeah, I don't
2: remember my third one, but yeah. That's, I like it. Those are great. That's, Drew, that's how
1: I feel. Three um, things
0: that she's Mina gotta have. Drew, what are three things that you got I've to
1: have? Gotta have, um, good laughs, Dolly Parton, which is my cat, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, good weed, you know? Yeah. All things that are de stressors.
0: I feel that. Your Dolly Parton is an amazing partner. She she's, is. She's great. She bit me yesterday, but she's great.
1: <laughs> she bit me too.
0: <laughs> we love her. So, <laughs> three things that she's got to have. So, those are our three things. If you guys are in the comments, let us know what three things she's, or he's, or they, them, and theirs have got to have. I'm here for the pronouns, and I think that we should all use them. Yeah. Thank you. I'm learning. So, here I am. Um, <laughs> let's get to our last, last segment. We've been having a ball talking about astrology and what everyone sign is in horoscopes and last but not least we're gonna guess what is nola darling's horoscope sign i'm so confident in this (laughs) answer Drew, would you like to start?
1: She's an Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good sis. We are Aquariuses together. I see a lot of myself in her. She's an Aquarius with maybe like an Aries moon, or maybe like a Pisces moon.
0: Okay, Nina, what is Nola Darlin's very good Drew? Thank you. Nola Darlin's horoscope sign. Because
2: hmm.
0: you're good with this, you're really yeah, like. No, I, we've been talking about this. Like, I'm torn between <laughs> two
2: right now. You can I say what you think both is. I can't I have like three. I'm torn between Aquarius and Gemini, and I'm okay. like, I'm not sure which one she is. Um, I feel like Gemini because she she puts on that like happy face. Uh, she seems to be very adaptable in situations, and she smiles and she's approachable. Um, and, and that's how Gemini's tend to be, and they do have two sides of them. So they have like they have like two personality traits or two qualities that are always existing at the same time but in constant opposition with one another and I guess with NOLA that could be like you know being uh an introvert and an extrovert or being stubborn and kind of submissive to a certain degree where it's like you feel both where, like, wow, she took a lot from (laughs) Opal and, like, kept her mouth shut, but then she's also very aggressive at times where she's like, no. So, like, she has, like, different qualities that work in opposition with each other but exist simultaneously. And then also I feel like she's kind of all over the place, but she's also very artistic and free-flowing and, um... I, I don't know. I feel like she she kind of does stuff like sometimes for shock value, but not always. And I think I don't know. she she just strikes me as either Gemini or Aquarius, Aquarius because um like she sees the bigger picture. Uh, she uses her art to to show like the, you know, systemic injustices of the world and and things that are large scale. and Aquarians tend to think about things on a global scale, not just how does this affect one person. It's like, Drew's, how does it affect Drew's everyone? Drew's loving all of us because she's an Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, but Aquarians also okay. tend to, like, uh, this is why I'm torn between Aquarius and Gemini. They tend to have, like, like multiple partners, not commit to just one person. <laughs> like, not really know. Like, yes. they're like, oh, I like this and I like this and I want a buffet of people. Right. And I want things like mis-. that. But then, but then when I'm they like find me. like that one person, they're like, that's, that's when they're it. like, ooh, I like yeah. that person. Okay. And then they're very loyal. But it takes a lot for that, that loyalty and romance because right. they don't see things as, like, necessarily right and wrong. They, they see, like, oh, like, you know, I'm, like, they're very open to, like, yes. the idea of, like, um, multiple partners, and they don't see things in in terms of, like, what the status quo may be. They think they're out-of-the-box thinkers, and gotcha. Nola kind of seems like that. So she's either a Gemini or an Aquarius. Okay,
0: Mina broke it all the way down. So we got, uh, we got two Aquariuses and a Gemini. I think... <laughs> because at first I was gonna go um, with a Sag, only because she's all over the place. Um, she likes to do things for shock value, the partner situation. But then I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go on the women say Aries um, because of her. That was the her other temper, one. and Aries yeah. are always trying to fight. But mm-hmm. they're great people. They're artistic. They because Aries and Saggers were very compatible, but Aries is just a little bit more crazier than us. And that's why I say I see her as either being an Aquarius um, or an Aries. So those are my two. I would say with a, maybe a rising sun <laughs> of a Sagittarius. That's why I see her as Come the good on. Nola darling. <laughs> yes. um, thank you, ladies. What a ride this has been. Um, I'm really excited. Let's just get into some predictions if we think that there is going to be a Your season After Buzz TV predictions. What do you got? We could do quickly. Do you guys think there's going to be a season yeah, three? Yeah, it's Spike
2: Lee, so I think there's going to be a season three. And okay. I think when you have an ending that's like semi-controversial and it gets like a buzz, I think that's one that's like, oh, well, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, let's get that season three and. I don't see it not getting a season three. I feel Same. like people have tuned in and, like, it's it's left open-ended where he could easily create create more to this story. And I, I feel like there, there was no definitive ending. I would like to see more. I'd, I'd like to see, see it.
0: What he comes up with. <laughs> awesome. Season three for you. What about you, Drew? I
1: think I would like to see a season three. I would like to see Mars in a committed relationship with someone. <laughs> and I would like to see more of Nola traveling. Yes. I really like the travel episodes.
0: I like that. And I'm with you, ladies. I do think there is going to be a season 3. I would love to see a season 3. And I would like to see more of the backstories. I love knowing about everybody else and I love to see more of Winnie and Shemekka and more mm-hmm. Mars because I love actually hearing him talk and not be so damn goofy. And I would love to see if Spike will make an appearance as Mookie. Please. You know what I'm saying? She's, yeah. she's got to have it and do the right thing. So I think that would be great. Ladies, what an amazing season we had. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to go back and binge the whole season again. Before we go, let the fans know where they can find you guys now that uh, she's all that. She's all that. Good night. She's good gonna- <laughs> i also want to I'm say in 1999 so yeah.
2: i also really want to see more of Rockletta moss because oh, yeah I, I really like her um but anyway uh just to let everyone know the key is a sagittarius <laughs> hey. i'm a cancer and we got an aquarius in the house right yeah, here yeah. Yes. Um, i'm mina i'm the astrology
1: expert you can follow me <laughs> on instagram at mina makes magic and I'm your girl, Jude Jones. Make sure to catch me on the Cloak & Dagger season finale right after this. Um, and you guys can slide into the DMs at OKDrewJ, okay, where I might ignore you or I might not. Who knows?
0: A true Aquarius. <laughs> and those three things that I said, food, family, and good sex, feel free to sign into my DMs at Kiki Boom, Boom <laughs> And maybe you can help me with my checklist. See you guys later. Hopefully, we'll see you guys for season three. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to after Buzz TV.